This is Chris Fetters of Dogman.com, and we're coming at you. You know, it's Friday afternoon, and of course, that's the perfect time to typically throw some news just in the trash that you don't want, so people will forget about it on the weekend. But this particular Friday, we have some really good news if you're a Washington Huskies fan. And I'm here with Scott Eklund, recruiting analyst for Dogman.com. And Scott, we have some big news, breaking news. Nathaniel Kalepo. Offensive tackle from Rainier Beach High School, six foot five, two hundred and ninety, two hundred and ninety-five pounds, has verbally committed to Washington. And the crazy part about this is it's not for the 2018 class, but it's for the 2019 class. Joining uh Dylan Morris from Graham Kapowson, who's also committed for 2019 already. Kind of amazing that we're already talking about two verbal commitments for Washington for 2019. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, the, these guys are just committing earlier and earlier, and uh, it's just a new trend that you're going to see. And and with the way that uh, they have moved up this signing date now, granted it's just into December, but a lot of these guys are just going to jump in the boat earlier, get things out of the way, uh, make their commitments known, and uh, we'll see if they call it a day. But man, I, I mean. Kalepo sure seems sold on the University of Washington when I talked to him. I was going to say, obviously, we've seen what Nathaniel said, and I, I just called Nate. I mean, I, I didn't know he, he goes by Nathaniel, too. But um, when you've talked to Kalepo, I mean, we've seen his words already, his, his quotes about Washington and why he wanted to stay close to home. But um, did you always get the sense, I mean, from the first time that you had met him? Because we've known him probably about, I don't know, maybe about six months or so. How How strongly did you think he was going to stay home based on kind of your initial impressions of meeting him and getting to know him? Well, the first time I actually ever met Nate in per Nathan Nathaniel, sorry, in person was when uh, we did the Tom Lemming photo shoot over at Newport high school in what was that April, April that we did that. And um, first time I ever met him in person, I had been hearing about him from his head coach, Corey Sampson over there at Rainier beach uh, for about a year. And he just said, this guy is a dude you need to know about him. And so I kind of followed his recruitment and everything, or I'm sorry, his progress as a player and everything like that. And then we see him in, in uh, April and he's very impressive on the hoof and everything like that. But then you, then I, you know, you get a chance to talk to his mom and uh, they're a Islander family. He does have those Islander ties and, I guess whenever I, I haven't and whenever I see a uh, Islander family, a Polynesian family in the Seattle area and they're offered by the University of Washington, I have a really, really hard time seeing the kid go anywhere but Washington. Danny Shelton was kind of that way. Tony Tupo uh, was that way. Uh, a lot of these local poly kids are just kids who, who are um, going to stay close to home and his mom is really involved in his uh, life, um, not just in his recruitment. Uh, you know, she did kind of put the brakes on him committing to Oregon because he thought about doing it when he was down there. But, you know, he he put on the brakes, um, waited for Washington to offer. And then once Washington offered, I think that was when she gave her blessing that, hey, if you're ready to make your decision, you make your decision. And I think it was all along going to be Washington as long as mom had her say in it, which we knew she was going to. But also um, if he let the process kind of play out and he figured out what was more important to him was was going to be staying close to home. And I think that's why you're seeing Washington come out on top in this one. 
And if I remember correctly, today is also her birthday. So I think that's also fairly relevant. Yes, it is. Yeah. And that's why he wanted to do it. It's kind of a birthday gift to her. Um, not, you know, I don't think, uh, Nathan ever felt like he had to make the decision right now. I don't think he ever felt like, um, you know, he had to do this for mom and everything like that, but I think he knows it's important to his mom. Um, and, and it's important to his family that, that they're all part of his, his life after high school and everything like that. And, and I just think, you know, this is his gift to his mom and saying, Mom, I'm going to be around for at least the next four or five years after I graduate. Yeah, and I think in general, Scott, over the years, I think this is pretty pretty much held true that, you know, a, a kid obviously has a ton of sway over his own recruitment. But in in almost every single case, you know, the parents, you know, hold a lot of power in terms of where a kid ends up going to school, in terms of what you know, what decision they want to make and also the criteria in which they use to decide in, in order, you know, order to kind of figure out which is the best choice for them. And, and moms, it's kind of been a, it's kind of been a cliche, but you know, where, where mom wants a kid to go to school is usually where they end up going to school. So, um, in that sense, I know that, I know that that likely would have been the case if I was good enough to be recruited out of high school. Yeah. You know, mom would have had a lot of say, and I was a pretty, independent kid but when it came to when it came to life decisions man mom always weighed in and she kind of let me make my own decisions but I can totally see where some of these moms wield that power and and luckily in Nathan's case I think she said hey this is where I want you to go but I don't think she forced him to do anything yeah I mean I certainly don't think that this is a situation where it's kind of like Chris Polk and his mom for instance where she basically was very transparent and very upfront saying I'm driving this bus and, and where I want Chris to go to school is where he's going to end up going to school. So one of the few things Ty- Tyrone Willingham did well, no, it's, <laughs> trust me, he, he had the parents, the parents was not, yeah. the parents were not well, ever going to be a problem with, with Willingham. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying he actually recruited a five-star talent that and and got the mom and figured out that the mom was going to make that decision not not chris well now that segues well into what we what i want to ask next and that's obviously the talent level of a guy like nathaniel Kalepo. you know we're talking about a kid with 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 a washington offer obviously oregon ucla uh byu uh fresno state hawaii oregon state utah state washington state um you know a ton of other offers would have come down the pike if if he had been willing to wait because again, we are talking about a player that hasn't even started his junior year yet. Um, rated a four-star player by scout, um, arguably the top offensive lineman right now on the West Coast for that class. Although there's a ton of guys, you know, still in that class that need to be rated and ranked. And mm-hmm. I know Brandon Huffman and Greg Biggins and all those guys are all over that. Uh, but clearly, they think very, very highly of Nathaniel already. What What do you expect to see? out of him at Rainier Beach this fall? Well, I, I think you're, what, what I'm expecting to see is a guy go out and dominate as, as a junior. Um, he should be able to, other than uh, Savelle Smalls from uh, Garfield, I don't know if there's another guy that's as talented as he is that he's going to face on a, on a weekly basis. And also, and, let's, let's remind people that Savelle Smalls is another big athlete, probably, what, about 6'5", 250 or so? But he's, yeah. he's actually a 2020 kid he's a he's a guy yeah. that won't will be playing his sophomore year or excuse me yeah sophomore year uh at uh garfield this fall so yeah, yeah. after playing up at kennedy last year right so yeah. that, you know they, there's some bigger guys coming through washington right now in terms of the state of washington 
and uh, and what have you. But yeah, I'm sorry. I just wanted to make sure. People and, well, no, that. and 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 let's also clarify. Uh, Savelle Smalls has offers from pretty much anybody in the country. USC, Alabama. Uh, a lot of these schools have offered uh, Savelle Smalls. So that just gives you an idea of the talent level that he has yep. as only coming off of one year of high school football. And he already has offers from schools like that. Yep. So, so, again, so as far as far as the talent level, um, Savelle Smalls is really going to be the only one kind of on the same talent level as, as, um, as uh, Nate, Nate Kalepo. So, you know, I, I think that what I want to see out of Nate is a dominant performance. What I want to see is a guy who's really worked on his fundamentals over the summer, which I know that he has done. I know he's been out working and, and going to camps and everything like that. I want to see a dominant performance. I want to see a guy who goes out there and gets it done. Now that If he doesn't dominate, it doesn't mean he's a bad player. It just means he's got a lot further to go than we maybe had hoped he would by the end of his, uh, you know, uh, junior year. Yeah. And, but, but I mean, give people a sense of why do you feel like some of those top schools have already offered him and what makes him, you think, what makes him a unique player? Is it, is it strictly all about potential right now for him? I think a lot of it is. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with, he's got the natural size and length that you want in your guards and, and, or your, um, sorry, I'm getting a video playing. Sorry about that. Um, but, uh, he's got, um, a very big body, six, five, 290 pounds. He's not. Uh, he's light on his feet, but uh, I think he could even be lighter. I think with good technique, you could be looking at a guy who could easily uh, be a right tackle at the next level. Um, left tackle, eh, I'm not quite there yet. I don't know if he's quite the athlete that you're looking for at the left tackle. Uh, you know, but then again, um, I think he's pretty comparable to Henry Bainavalu, um, who is already being slotted in as the backup left ta- one of the backup left tackles right now at the University of Washington. So um, could he possibly work his way over to the left side? I could easily see that. I just think from a natural standpoint, I think right tackle may be the place that he winds up. And, and uh, I think he could be a dominant force there. Or he could play inside at guard. Six, you see a lot of guys who are 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six at guards nowadays. And I think Washington really likes that length on their offensive linemen. And to finish out, Real quickly, you know, that again, with Dylan Morris and now Nathaniel Kalepo, 2019 has already started off with a bang for Washington recruiting two four-stars, and not just two four-star kids, but two very highly thought-of kids, not just, you know, just general four-star guys, but guys that, that could even start to maybe even get into that five five-star category. And I'm not saying that that's their future. I'm not saying, but they're kind of on the cusp where if they have monster seasons as juniors, you never know. They they could certainly be in that discussion. Easily. Yeah. Now, does that really signal to you, Scott, that that Washington recruiting is finally starting to take off under Peterson, and that you know everything is completely and 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 firmly established in terms of what the program stands for, or do you still feel like 2018 has a chance to really be their breakout uh, recruiting class? Um, you know, I. I think that the 2018 class is going to be a, a very good one. I think it'll be a top 20 class um, when it's all said and done. I don't get much into the rankings. You know, the, the coaches are going to – I'm not trying to give you coach speak either where they say, oh, rankings don't matter, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, they do. The top schools that are competing for the national championship every year tend to be the schools that recruit the four- and five-star guys and have finished ranked very high in the in – the, 
in their recruiting classes. That being said, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. And I know people all want to be rated up there and everything like that. You want to get the local five stars. But realistically, what this does is this signals to everybody, all these schools, especially schools like Oregon, who've got the new thing, you know, their new coaching staff who've really made a splash this this uh, spring and summer with the way they've offered guys. And they're just offering guys left and right. And they're getting commits. They're getting some really good players uh, to be committed to them. And so I think this kind of signals to them, and I don't know if Washington would really, you know, the Husky coaches would ever say, that's why we did this, you know, and all that. But it's a signal to them that, hey, you're not going to be able to just come into the state of Washington and get whoever you want. We are the, the, the elite program in this state, and we're the ones who dictate where kids go. And, you know, we're going to get on kids early. We're going to be on them hard. We're going to offer the kids that we think are worthy of office from the University of Washington. And you're not going to come in here and take our guys without a fight. And, you know, when, when Foster Sorrell left, that was something that had been in the works for the, for a while. Um, and, and when Jacob Eason left, that it was something that had been in the works for a while, but this year, Washington has the best guy uh, committed in the state for the 2018 class in uh, Jacob Sermon. And I don't think we've come out. I don't think Scout has come out with the top guys in the state of Washington yet. We haven't done anything for 2019 on Dogman yet for who our top guys are. But Kalepo and Morris would have been right up there at the top. So let's say let's say it's one of those two guys. Washington has already staked their claim to the number one player in the state for the second year in a row. They really needed to stop that bleeding. And I think it has stopped. And I think now. You're going to see Washington, as long as Chris Peterson is here and as long as he has Washington where they should be, I don't see anyone coming in and beating Washington for top-rated schools. I think Foster Sorrells had been building since he was a kid. I mean, the guy was, uh, uh, the guy was what, one or two years old when Washington went to their last Rose Bowl, you know, and so he had seen Stanford be so successful, and it's a great academic institution, and that, that really weighed on him. Jacob Eason was kind of the same way. Uh, they, he just hadn't seen Washington be that successful. They had been a mediocre program in his eyes. So that's why schools were able to come in and get them. I don't think you're going to see that. As long as Chris Peterson's here, I don't think you're going to see that again, the top guy leaving the state. And two quick best guess uh, thoughts from you. First of all, do you think this is going to be the last 2019 UW commit for a while? Um, I, you know, it seems like they've, they've come on pretty quickly, obviously this summer, but do you see any other guys that, that might be jumping in the boat this quickly? The ones that I, I, you know, I, I think, um, guys like Kalepo and, um, and, you know, the, the commitment of Kalepo surprised me a little bit with, with Dylan, Dylan Morris. I mean, I think we all knew it was coming at some point. Um, so I, I think the local recruits and, when Washington goes after a local recruit really hard, I think they're more likely to get someone like them in the boat this early in the process. But I, I think it's going to be a little while because some of these guys, I, I've been talking to a lot of 2019 guys, mainly because 2016, we're down to about, what, 10 to 15 guys that Washington's really in on uh, for, the, for the 2018 class. So uh, I've been talking to a lot of 2019 guys, and there's a lot of guys who want to get up here for, for a game and see what the atmosphere is like, come and, come and visit. They weren't able to get up during the summer. Um, you know, uh, 
you have uh, Noah Ngalu, uh, who's one of the top uh, D tackles in Northern California. He's hoping to make it up. Jacob Bandez is another one from Northern California, wants to make it up. Tara Madison, a top running back. Sean Dollars, a top running back for uh, in Southern California. Both of those guys are in Southern California. They want to make it up for a game. Um, Raylan Goforth, I already talked to him. He wants to make it up for a game. So, you know, I, I think you're probably going to see things slow down on the 2017 uh, front. But uh, wait, 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 really wait, wait. Pick- 20, you said 2017. Or, I'm sorry, 2019 uh, front. But for 2018, I think you'll see things really start to heat up because uh, um, Richard Newton is going to take his official visit uh, during the first month of the season. Um, so you got Richard Newton coming up. He's a running back. Uh, Chris Brown could could uh, what do we what did we call it? Um, Jacob Browning him, <laughs> you know, because it's really down to Jacob. Uh, it's really down to Chris Brown and Richard Newton for one spot. And if you remember what Jacob Browning did to, uh, you know, deciding earlier than um, Rippon, Brett Rippon, who was all set to go to the University of Washington. And could that happen with uh, Chris Brown and Richard Newton? So, well, we'll, but, we'll but are we there. but are we convinced it's just for one spot? I, I at this point in time, yes, I'm convinced it's one spot. That's what I've been. That's what they're telling the kids. And, and that's where I think things are headed right now. Okay, so to wrap this up real quickly, one name, Scott, who's the next to commit for Washington for 2018? I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't think that Chris Brown will make a commitment before Richard Newton comes up for his visit, and I think Richard Newton commits either on his visit or very shortly after it. All right, great stuff, Scott. Really appreciate the insight. And again, breaking news, uh, Nathaniel Kalepo, a 2019 offensive lineman from Rainier Beach, 6'5", 290 pounds, as verbally committed to Washington. And uh, big news, joining Dylan Morris for that 2019 class, getting the Huskies off to a fantastic start in recruiting. For Scott Eklund, this is Chris Fetters from Dogman.com. Go dogs.